0: All right, it is that time. It is time for the best Tuesday you've had all week, and this is the True Wealth Radio Show. I'm your host, Dave Littlejohn. Joining me in studio... Matt Dixon. And we are stoked to be here on this, a day where have we got a show for you. You're going to maybe laugh about it. Well,
1: How about we set the backdrop first with locally kind of what we're experiencing? You know, it's not even local. I mean, I saw videos of, like, Buffalo, New York, had a huge blizzard that came through, like... We just had an NFL football game played in some of the coldest conditions of all time, right? right? Like the temperature felt like negative 30.
0: Right, and and you know, here's the fun thing. If you're watching this and it's not going on right now, the show's still going to be relevant. It uh, will. We, we are talking about, this is not a, a show about the markets today. It's a funny one. It's a we might about, loop it back a little bit yeah, well, into the stock relevant, market. It is. But it's the, uh, here's why it's relevant. One of the questions that I get, thrown at me every now and then is, uh, or it's not even a question, but it's the scenario of people saying, well, I want to make sure I have gold and cash in case everything, you know, goes to hell in a handbasket. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what this show is about today is, okay, well, what's the definition (laughs) of catastrophe and what does it mean to be prepared?
1: And yeah, maybe some of the stuff you actually might need
0: Yep. So it's kind of yeah. the prepper show. Some of you out there are like, finally. It's time. <laughs> and then other people are like, oh,
1: stop. But, yes. you know, in a natural, dis- I mean, this could be something just like a natural disaster, yeah. right? Yeah. Where it's like, hey, this is still relevant to you because do you have the things on the list that you need to have? Odds are you probably have a lot of things, but maybe not all the things that you need.
0: Right. Maybe not all the things. So we're going to talk a little bit today in, well, I. I use the term, like, in the office of DEFCON, right? Yeah. Okay, This a military term, so defense condition, one through five. If you saw war games back in the 80s, you know what I'm talking about. And if you didn't, I don't know, go see it. It's uh, funny and dated now, but it's still kind of novel. But the question is sort of framed up as how does one get prepared for um, disaster and then what does it mean financially to be prepared to? Mm-hmm. Okay. So and I feel gonna, like we'll
1: touch on the financial part maybe later in the show.
0: Yeah, well, and I, we'll we're going to weave it in to what this is here. But you know, we can start from, I think, what we're experiencing right now, which is... Uh, Ice storms yeah, and people are out of power. And it's sort of a local yeah. to regional event here. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Personally, I was trying to fly back last week as this storm was coming in. My flight got diverted and ended up... I was trying to fly into Eugene, ended up in Portland, and I couldn't get back. ended up renting a car to get back that night. You did? It was about 10, 11 p.m. By the time everything was settled and we left Portland Airport, it was about a little after midnight. So you
1: drove through the storm? Yeah. Wow, how was that?
0: Well, it was the very beginning of the storm, and so it was not significant accumulation, and there wasn't significant ice. It was slick. In, in plenty of areas and so it was a you know a pro- be appropriate for conditions obviously made it safely but glad I did because that flight you could have been leave stuck for several yeah. days I think it's been canceled yet again so I could have still been trapped up in Portland because of this weather wow and uh fortunately that's not the case so that was Friday and today's Tuesday so you could figure it out so I think this is uh very timely for right now but Again, this this could be something that you could be listening at any point, because if you don't know, we podcast this stuff, right? Yeah. So it's going to be available on YouTube, and it's going to be available on our website, so you can uh, get the rest of the show if you miss part of it. But I do want to talk about the, the concept of being prepared.
1: Because some people aren't. I just saw a friend post on Facebook that they were in a hotel. They lost power. They weren't prepared for anything and it got cold. Their house got really cold, and they're like, man, we don't have any supplies. We got to go get a hotel right yep. now.
0: Yep. And I'm also going to tell you, we're not the authority on this. No. But some of this is pretty low-hanging fruit, and I, I would like to say that an ounce of prevention,
1: mm-hmm. right, is
0: worth a pound of cure. So we're going to talk about how to invest in a little bit of preparedness, and that little bit of preparedness can go a long way. So- What's something that
1: kind of comes to mind for you where you're like, man, you know, if the power's out for, you know, a couple days, this is something I might really want to have.
0: Sure. So let's define the scenarios because I think there's different versions of this, right? There is. There's the scenario where, like right now, let's say power goes out and it's super cold. That's a different scenario than power going out in the summertime. It's true. Right? Uh, If it's super cold, like in the middle of an ice storm, you have the power go out you don't necessarily well, lose everything in the freezer
1: right we saw that during what we deemed snowmageddon a few years ago right, right? like 19. yeah it was infamous yeah yeah we got a ton of snow here power got knocked out yeah, and so my
0: home was without power for a week and
1: i had friends that were telling me stories of like hey i just took the stuff out of the fridge and went in the backyard and put it in the snow right and everything was preserved yeah and, yeah, and that works That's really well a lot for different than for refrigerator summertime. stuff too. Mm-hmm. freezer
0: stuff. Not necessarily as well, right?
1: Because if it defrosts, you can't necessarily refreeze it.
0: Yeah, and here's an uh, not necessarily uh, intuitive, but snow is an insulator, so mm-hmm. it will keep things from getting significantly below freezing. Right, That's so keep true. It at freezing, but not colder than. Mm-hmm. So if you have certain things in the freezer that need to be even colder than freezing, because they've got a you know salt and other impurities that mean that at 32 degrees they could still thaw right so you need below freezing to keep them frozen uh so i think well, why don't we start with since this is what we're going with right now like a really cold event mm-hmm. okay so what are some of the things that i would want to have on hand
1: well uh, yeah what do what are you thinking
0: well the, f- the first thing is a way to stay warm hmm. So if the power goes out, you know, the first things are obvious it's just clothes, gloves, blankets, hats, that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and then if you are if you do not have an independent like heat source, source. So, yeah. uh, like a so
1: fireplace is great. If you have a bunch of dry wood cut up, stacked a wood stove is great. Good for you. But what about for the person that doesn't have the fireplace or the firewood?
0: OK, so this is where you get really simple. And come on, we're in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, how about a camp stove? Okay, something basic and mm-hmm. fuel, uh, and it doesn't need to be big and exotic here, right? But something right. and where and you can you, cook some food. You could even just have like a propane grill. Mm-hmm. Okay, we actually did use that. In fact, turns out a um, cookie sheet on the grill, and you can make awesome bacon.
1: There so, you go. So, so yeah, you yes. want to stay well fed. So, you got, then they make the really small, like butane single burner mm-hmm. cook stoves. You don't have to invest more than like $20 to have one of these yeah, things. We're They're talking, cheap.
0: Th- that is, that is low hanging fruit there. And you can, you're not going to be cooking a lot of stuff. No. Right. But I think the magic of being able to simply heat water, which is useful for a couple of reasons one, because it's also a way to sterilize water. Right. If we are talking about the summertime and you were unsure about a water source, you could mechanically filter out impurities. But in order to get rid of stuff that's dangerous, you could boil that water for uh, you know two to ten minutes, and you're going to kill most of the stuff you in there.
1: You know, one thing I think a lot of people don't think about hmm. um, having like a manual type kitchen tool where you can open, like for example, a can opener. Yeah. We a lot of people have electric can openers, but mm-hmm. say the power's out and you need to open a can to put it on your little camp stove and heat something up, it's not bad to have a little $2 can opener where you open it yourself.
0: Right, so uh, I think the the basics here are sources. It, 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 when you don't have power, you want um, a source where you can get, you need food and water. Mm-hmm. And heat, we talked about heat. heat. Food, water, I mean, heat. Propane
1: heaters, they're, Light. They're easy to come by. I know um, when I was at Bymart the other day, they were talking about how some people locally that have been without power for the last three days have been driving an hour south to get propane and propane heaters, and they're flying off the shelf because they want to stay warm. Yeah. They're cheap.
0: Well, and interestingly enough, there are some propane-based heaters that can operate safely indoors. Yep. Right? They do not emit carbon monoxide, and so they are uh, a safe way to, to be a heat source. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the, the the issue is largely about, do you have adequate fuel? And here's here's one of the things you're going to have to realize. Uh, you may not have complete comfort. Now, for some of you, you might have the ability to, to add a generator. Right. OK? And generators great, because then you can sort of be somewhat uh, temporarily independent of the grid.
1: Oh, yeah. A generator is an awesome thing to have.
0: Right. But it is also a more expensive thing to have. Mm -hmm. Um, If it is portable, that also means that it has uh, the potential to not put out as much electricity. Well, it's not going to produce as much. And it's also they can be stolen. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's the thing is now you have to secure them in a different way than a a generator that is, say, like a whole home generator. I would love
1: to have a backup generator like that automatically knows when the power goes out, Mm -hmm. kicks itself on, runs on natural gas. That would be pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Well, the funny thing is, as a kid, I remember thinking it was really exciting when the power went out because like, oh, look, now we're camping at this adventure. After doing it for a week, (laughs) I was ready to have a generator. Uh, We haven't done that. And sometimes I think to myself, hmm, may be worth it. Although, so far, you know, Douglas County, but certainly the Roseburg area we're at, has not been materially affected by what's going on out there.
1: Right. Well, we do have a gas shortage. Yeah. That's interesting news. That
0: is. And so I think that goes into... Um, the... you got to have
1: <laughs> fuel for that generator. <laughs> yeah. And so uh,
0: you think about what are the, the smart things to do, Probably I mean, have some keep, gas cans. Well, and keeping it simple, right? Gas yeah. is for your vehicle, right? That's mm-hmm. one of those where you go, well, you, know, you may not be going around much, but if you have, say, you're going to use a some kind of camp-style stove, having adequate fuel, look, a, a five-gallon propane cylinder is going to last a really, really oh, long yeah. time. Yeah, And you could also potentially run a heater. And now you've got yourself a pretty good emergency preparedness kit that can handle both heat and can be a heat source for food. Um, if you don't need the heat source because it's warmer weather, then you don't worry about it, and the fuel lasts that much longer. Right. And you you can ration these things. And and we were we talked about this earlier too. Like even generator, you could run it for a little while, turn it off. So like if you were trying to keep a freezer frozen, run it for half an hour, shut it down, and you know turn it back on in six hours just to make sure well, things stay frozen. Especially
1: if your n- natural disaster happens in the summertime, right? Yeah. Like you want to be able say you have a freezer full of you know, your deer and elk meat or something, that's a pretty valuable resource. You don't want to lose it because you couldn't get your power back on. So having a generator and some gas and the ability to keep your freezer, your stocked up right. freezer going, that's a big deal.
0: Right. And their husbands everywhere or boyfriends or whatever just heard the, Yeah, um, maybe it's ladies too, I don't know, but they just heard you say, wait a minute. So buying this gear is really insurance, which makes it okay. I like right? that theory. All right, there yeah. we go. So we're uh there's a true wealth moment where we rationalize buying uh you know camping gadgets. Look what else do this. we need, David? Oh, there's more on the list. Well let's let's we'll just talk about the levels of escalation and 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 duration. But before we do, all right, obscene profit break, we gotta take one. So we're gonna do that, and then when we come back, we will uh get more into the weeds here. So stick around, we'll be right back. Uh Littlejohn little John. And Matt Dixon. And you got true wealth. On news radio 939 FM and 1240 KQEM. All right, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show. And uh, just remember you can grab this on the podcast. So yes. you're getting caught up today, we're talking about scenarios where uh it hits the fan.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And different levels of uh, hitting the fan. Different
0: levels of fan hittage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Walk me through um, kind of the baseline scenario here, man. Like, what are we talking about?
1: Yeah, so this is kind of that low-level emergency thing, right? Like, maybe it's a, some type of natural disaster. Uh, maybe where it's
0: it, not even an emergency as much as like a, a shortage. lockdown-ish. Yeah. Or, or just... Like, like this one, it's a weather event, right? It's a weather yep, event that says weather like, event. you're kind of weathered into place. So if we were to just say like you have to kind of stay in place for like
1: a week or less, I think okay. would be a good way All to right, define so this is that. So kind of the one week yeah. So we talked about some stuff. Um, if you missed it, you can catch the podcast at our website, littlejohnfs.com. All right, good plug. Yeah, uh, but some of the things we didn't cover, right? Uh, we can talk about food, and maybe we will in a minute. But you can last for a little while without food, but water you can't last very long without some water so uh, there's water purifiers now that are really cheap and uh, you probably should use one even if there isn't a natural disaster because your tap water has stuff in it. You want to get that out. It's going through your old pipes. Your right? water's fine. Stop freaking hey, out. Hey, there's... No, like, you've got old pipes in your house. Do you really want... No, just put it through your little water Your house pier. is
0: brand new. Yeah. Yeah. The, the water is safe. We're in Oregon. It's not... No, like our LA drinking water
1: is actually really good. There's other states, though, that yeah. are listening where but your drinking water probably isn't that great. But I think that that
0: it's... If we had a power outage, it's possible that water delivery is compromised and you have to right. find water and you need a way to make sure that it's safe. Right. Right. And so this is a, an inexpensive scenario. Right. And, right. and you're talking about probably you know between fifteen and one hundred dollars, depending on how exotic you want to get. Exactly. But for, uh, you know, f- uh, that fifteen to thirty dollar price range, you know, you can filter thousands of gallons of water, exactly. and, and it is safe to drink. And if
1: there is a bigger emergency, you'll be glad you had it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's pretty low-hanging fruit. But, you know, shelf-stable foods are a big one, right? Like, yeah. if there's a big run at the grocery store and there's a lot of stuff that's missing, it wouldn't be bad to have some canned fruits, some some beans some rice it's like the <laughs> stuff like that lasts
0: stuff. i just like the idea of shelf stable and and compact yeah. right just yeah. having stuff that
1: it's easy to get to
0: it's not you're not typically going to this as you're, you're that you're going to tap into although you might keep it in sure. rotation but, but i know some people
1: that eat out for every single meal and i'm like yeah. what happens if there's a small emergency and you right. literally have no food in your house that's but not there smart.
0: are some basics that are very shelf stable and you know the, the classics are you know Beans and rice dry up really easy. And I'm not advocating, I mean, that's always the joke in finance. Like, well, if you're starving, you know, you go to beans and rice. Like, you get it, but it's also re- shelf stable. You can package it away in some, you know, sealed, uh, you know, airtight box kind of thing, or just Tupperware for yeah. that matter, some right? Some canned
1: tuna is going to last a long time. And
0: that's it. It's like you just need enough that you've got some calories to maintain energy levels until things stabilize. Right. And, and, and this is not just a oh we had a big snowstorm. Although that's that could happen here in the in the winter time or in the summertime, we've seen forest fires happen more frequently, right? It could be something like well we're, there's rolling brownouts and your power's going to get shut down for a few days. Or the bigger one is a, a natural disaster some kind. We have an earthquake or something and we lose a bridge or two and we can't get stuff in for a little while. Right. That's that's an infrastructure of it, and you're gonna want to have the ability to at least buy a little bit of time, so that you're not driven by panic and necessity. Right. Right. And so this is that ounce of prevention concept of just having a little bit around goes a long way. Right. So, so you had a, a list for this um, kind of the one week. And, and what have we gone through so far?
1: We've got through most of it. The only okay. two that I had left on there were candles, right? Because okay. they serve a dual purpose. They 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 omit heat, so you're going to get some warmth from the candles, but you're also going to get light. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know I, mean? I would suggest so flashlight and some batteries. Flashlight are, yeah. or headlamp is great. Those um, are.
0: And because they're LED now, they just last so much longer. It's true. Longer. Um, and you know, here's a really interesting one. I can speak to this one a little bit, but um, if you have any kind of medical equipment you're reliant upon, oh, that's a good like idea. Like yeah. maybe you, you have sleep apnea and you've got a CPAP, or if you've got a portable oxygen generator when you sleep or something like that, then having a battery backup source or backup power source for that is actually pretty significant. So, I think that you want to have the ability to make sure that if you have any equipment to that's going to be life sustaining or life improving because a lot of time all right so you have sleep apnea you know the first night you survive but by the third or fourth night it's not good right right and and then you start having other compromises. well uh, answer prevention again that's mm-hmm. that's one of those things that it's probably worth having that backup plan. you
1: know keeping like a deep cycle battery charged up and going to and getting one of those really cheap inverters where you can mm-hmm. hook it up to a deep cycle battery that's going to give you plug-in electric power that's safe for small devices for a pretty long time too yeah.
0: it is also convenient to people don't think about this but charging your phone oh yeah right if if your if your mobile phone is your only phone mm-hmm. then you're going to want the ability to Get communication, and so you're going to want to be able to charge those devices. So there, there is a real consideration there, right? So that's a good one. All right. Well, let's thinking now about
1: kind of transitioning over into that like longer time period.
0: Uh, yeah. Let's let's say it was more significant, or that you were um, it involved you can't stay in place. So Ooh. oh, we have it. We have an event that is gonna require that you evacuate. Okay. Okay, so.
1: Or maybe not even that as much as you're gonna have to ride this out for even more than a week. Or you might have to, like you said, move around. Mm-hmm. You can't just stay there, you gotta go get some stuff to bring it back. Something mm-hmm. where it's not just, you're gonna sit and wait it out. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it. So,
0: fair. in that scenario, Talking about – and, you know, I'm looking at this list that that you've prepared and I'm starting – and I see this as it could be that you're still in place, but this is your – yeah. you're, like, it, this is happening. You're going to be here, and we're talking weeks. Right. This is like – I mean,
1: you could have you had a really large magnitude earthquake that knocked out, like, maybe all the bridges around you, mm-hmm. and you're trapped, and semi-trucks aren't getting in. Yep. Right? And so stuff's having to be flown in. This is a real problem. And if you look at it, California is preparing for this or trying to. They're trying to come up with emergency plans because they're looking at it and saying, what happens if we get a big fault shift? And they've said, you know, there are so many connecting bridges in Southern California to where if something happens, uh, people aren't going to be able to get semi-trucks coming in with goods, mm-hmm. you need to be prepared for it. And California is really worried about it as a state. And so okay. they've been spending millions of dollars to try and get plans in place for if this happens.
0: I, you know, at the risk of sounding really, uh, well, I guess at the risk of just inciting people to anger when I say this, we did learn through the response from COVID uh, where we were or where we were not prepared. Yes. Right? And you, you can scream all you want about, you know, if you think that what was what well, happened was right wrong or otherwise. We still you know things like, well, we want to have the you know, well, plenty of PPE equipment right? It's right like, that wasn't well and what uh, we didn't we didn't have ready ready enough supplies you know? right.
1: and look at what just some panic did to behavior. Mm-hmm. and when you start adjusting behavior and a little bit of panic comes in, you see massive changes right. in availability of things like, I can remember during COVID when you couldn't get toilet paper. Right. There was fear that the lockdowns were going to get so severe, and so Costco couldn't even stock it. Stock yeah. toilet paper. That's one of the things that's actually on this list is some bathroom supplies. Right. Like you don't yeah. want to run out of toilet paper, or toothpaste, floss, soap, feminine hygiene products. Like those things you gotta have on hand mm-hmm. um, if it's going to be a situation where things last maybe longer than a week.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, on your list you let's let's see what you've got here you included um, this one's interesting because i can see it and if, if you've ever done like the camping and hunting and stuff i can you know it makes even more sense but a portable toilet
1: yep i have one for extended camping trips you get a five gallon bucket and there's this cheap lid that snaps onto the top of it and they make liners specifically for the bucket and there's like some powder in the bottom that
0: helps ca- absorb smell smells and, and so all forth. the different
1: stuff and you there's a little drawstring that ties it off and it keeps everything super sanitary and it's yeah. not super uncomfortable to use
0: it's something people don't necessarily think about but if you lost running water oh yeah that would be a very real concern for people is how do you manage that? Right. And so it's interesting to think this, out. and I think what we're really encouraging is, like like many things, you you want to go through a little bit of a mental exercise of what might be needed. Right. right? Um, and incidentally, this list that we have, just want to let you. we we're, we're if if you're interested in in this the the list that we're going over, uh, you're welcome to email us and we can get it to you. Just uh, send an email to info at littlejohnfs com and say, hey, give me the. Um, the prepper list, right? Mm-hmm. We'll call it that. It's funny, and we'll just go with that. Yeah. Um. And if you're watching this uh, online somewhere, I think we'll probably put it down in the, you know, they got the little links below where right. you can click it. So if you if you're watching this on video right now, yeah, you then um go ahead, and you can check the link out below. But uh, and I'm it's not an exhaustive list, by the way. No, it's, it's actually a good pretty starter sure. list. Yeah, that says have you. You know, put, have you covered your bases with these basics? Okay. Um, you mentioned what else you got on this list here? Matt.
1: I, I put on, uh, on there a bike, right? Like if mm-hmm. you're trying to save gas for your generator or, you know, road systems are maybe not in the best shape for whatever reason, having a bike is an easy way to get from point A to point B and, uh, bring some supplies back to the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: All right. So that makes sense. You've got, um, looks like i can just summarize this as a way to um clean and maintain clothes right right yeah. so this was just washboard bucket and like a clothesline and so forth yeah so okay and that that makes sense that you know you're going to need to Uh, still manage hygiene, and that includes getting stuff cleaned up. You
1: know, now that I'm a parent, um, I started also thinking, you got the little one, right? You got a baby on hand, especially if they're on formula. Maybe having a little bit of extra formula on hand would be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe some baby wipes and diapers and stuff like that. Don't forget the little one. Just
0: so we're clear, I think baby wipes should just be a staple in life forever. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that you need to have a baby to have baby wipes. Or anything. No, it's a good They're way probably to handy to wipe stuff up and just yes, everything. Baby wipes they are a great good one, in aren't the they? car because it oh, seems like uh, that's yeah. where the sticky stuff spills. So What's like, funny oh, look, is I never
1: carried baby wipes in the car until having the little one, and now. I've found myself using them for all sorts of little tiny cleanups, right? right? Yeah. Right? So they're super clutch.
0: That's not even an emergency. There's just a pro tip for you. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, From someone who's
1: had, what, three kids? Yeah, right we yeah. deep into this one. So, so. and uh, yeah,
0: and, and, and there are a lot of people that have way more experience than me, and they'll say the same darn thing. Yeah, baby wipes are they're good.
1: So remember earlier on in the show when we were talking about you know kind of having some shelf stable foods you've got yes. your beans and your rice and your fruit whatever mm-hmm. um i think another big one to think about if you're not getting maybe proper nutrition through that cycle of mm-hmm. you know kind of going through it having some vitamins on hand might not be or like a medical kit and some vitamins yeah, first something aid kit's yeah. Just, yeah
0: i mean you should have that again that's if if we were talking about you know what's the first line of defense it's like well you should have some basic First aid and hygiene stuff around. I think everybody, like every home, they're really cheap. You should have some rubbing alcohol. You should have some um, hydrogen peroxide. You should have a basic first aid kit. Now it gives you the ability to clean and disinfect things, and to to patch up the basics. Like that's not really emergencies. That's just good you know, good things to happen in your house. It's kind of like. I Think everybody should carry one of those tiny little hotel sized sewing kits with you when you travel because a button pops off of something and you're like, She you gotta be kidding me,
1: hmm. uh, or you just rip the rest of the buttons off and call it like modern chic clothing, right?
0: Yeah, well, I was at a <laughs> formal event and uh had a button on my tuxedo pop off be- right before leaving. Oh, no, and had the emergency. You are kit that prepared guy, aren't and, you? And was able to patch it up and go out there, and nobody was any wiser for it. That so.
1: actually would be kind of of embarrassing right you show up to this big event and you kind of look you like literally a, and you know yeah. everything
0: else is you know cufflinks, and then you get to the button on the jacket and you're like what's up and then and then of course the jokes would follow that huh so maybe uh, I need to work on that diet plan huh mm-hmm fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't want those jokes to have to circulate around too nope. much all
0: right so um also on the list you've got bleach yeah. Bleach is a super handy one. You know, I want to do this because bleach, we don't talk about uh, a, a simple one on this, but um, so Ooh, let's you do got this. A,
1: you've got one that's not on the list. Well, I'm no, curious. No, it, it's, oh.
0: it's about bleach, but it's oh. something that a lot of folks don't necessarily know. Now I'm intrigued. I know, right? It's You may already know it, but like anyway, let's take our le- uh, next break so that when we can come back, we can talk about how like bleach quality investment in case of emergencies, right? Okay. All right, stick around. I'm Dave Littlejohn
1: and Matt Dixon. And you got True Well.
0: On News radio, 939 FM at 12:40, KQEN. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Right as I bring in the intro and you All right, welcome back to the True Well show where Matt's talking about silly stuff. Yeah. We, we're the No, the dinosaurs aren't returning. Okay.
1: <laughs> bring um, them back so the meet no, okay. All
0: right, so
1: If you missed that part, you can find it probably on it's, the podcast tomorrow it, it in might, the bloopers it might
0: end up in the on on youtube
1: you guys miss a lot when we go to break just so you know
0: so so we got this here's the i'm going to i'm going to set the table for this last segment here right? all right um you know cuz i think we have one more break in there but but yeah. like let's you know stay with me here uh we're talking about prepping right i mean something we get a lot and the reason that i wanted to talk about this is one uh, all around us seems to be having catastrophe and we're avoiding it. Yay, right? Yep. For us locally. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, maybe that's not your case. Bummer. And I, I do mean that like bummer. I hope that you're doing okay. But um, if you think about the, the way uh, disasters or disruptive events occur, the, the question is, you know, how long is it going to last and what's the nature of the event? Okay, So a weather event, that's something that everybody kind of makes their way through. And as the weather stabilizes, we recover and you go back to things. And what you're really looking for is just the ability to absorb that initial impact and wait through it and not suffer too much and survive to get to the other side of it as the infrastructure is restored and everybody kind of goes to work bringing life back to normal. Okay, that's one level and that's the first level that we really talked about. Then we talked about perhaps it's natural disasters that have more significant impact. Right. Okay? Now, here's the financial components involved. That first level, that's a matter of intentionally carving out some money to spend on, it's just like buying insurance, right? Some of the things that we're talking about, you buy it not because you want to use it, but because you it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Ooh, and so yes. it's like an insurance premium. You don't buy insurance hoping to use it, mm-hmm. okay? That's not the point. You buy insurance because it's a risk you don't want to carry unexposed. And so the question is, do you want to have the risk exposure of not covering this? Right. That's a lot like risk tolerance in financial management too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why this show is relevant. And that's why we're talking about these things. Now, this disaster the wrong term, right? This disruptive event goes to more significant. And this is where in the pacific northwest we're talking about significant volcanic activity significant earthquake or earth movement event i say earth movement because we could also get landslides have been issues before where road systems are washed away and you are cut off from supplies and it's going to be an extended amount of time mm-hmm. okay now you're getting into a different environment we're escalating right? this thing a little you're bit. cut off from supplies and we're talking weeks instead of days and you start to have to... This isn't
1: like a local disruption. This is more of a nationwide yeah. disruption.
0: Or when I think local, maybe you're coastal Oregon, and a landslide or two can literally cut off a section of the Oregon coast because you can't get to it, mm-hmm. right? There's no significant airport, so air support's very limited in terms of what you can get there, so you're going to have to either bring ships and then try to get stuff into ports or you're going to have to use helicopters or something because you're not bringing it in planes and you can't truck it in and maybe the trains are blocked because you have a landslide that takes out like roads and railroads and that could really happen well
1: and we've seen these fault lines shift Mm -hmm. and cause miles and miles of a split in the earth where it's really really deep and really long to try and bridge across it so
0: so the the if something like that were to occur and you needed to have a more extended ability to survive, that's where we're starting to escalate. But that's also where the finances start to change. Like in that first scenario... Cash is still yeah, going to work. It's useful to have cash because if you can't use your credit card, right? you can't use your Apple Pay, then you, you better have... Uh, some mechanism to exchange goods and services temporarily and having some cash around is still useful. We're
1: getting into a scenario where maybe the banks aren't even open to go pull your cash or something like that.
0: And if you're physically cut off, that cash is going to be less meaningful. Right. Because because the the stuff to survive. The stuff's more valuable than the cash. And so you start getting into barterable goods. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's ultimately if we had, like if we had a cataclysmic meltdown of the whole economic system as we know it. Mm-hmm. It's funny, right? that rolls right off the tongue, right? No, if we had a meltdown where you go, wait a second, there is no more government, there's nobody maintaining our infrastructure, power ceases to be delivered, water ceases to be delivered, there's no common defense. So the police system is uh, basically, you know what happens? Okay, we go back to feudalism. yeah. Well, no, feudalism is Mad Max, okay? Yeah. That is people group together for self-preservation and they form their own mechanism of protection. So they get a group of people and it's like knights and serfs, right? Mm, And you build walls and castles. And so, okay, well, you guys work the farms and we protect you.
1: Hey, speaking of working the farm, that was something I put on this list in one of these events where stuff really goes sideways was some seeds so that you can grow some stuff.
0: Well, and yeah, some extended, canning supplies. Yeah. If if the world was starting over, right, then mm-hmm. what you really want is the things for like long-term survival. Right. Like and, if I
1: go harvest a deer, how am I going to preserve the meat without power? Mm-hmm. I'm going to can it. There you go. Yeah. And that's going to be a lot of food for a long time.
0: Yep. Now, if you take this to the real extreme, and some of you out there may be thinking this too, well, what happens if... North Korea goes off the chain, and they start lobbing nukes. And before you know it, the whole world's involved, and we're talking about nuclear winter, and I need to build a bunker. Okay, okay well, I don't
1: know that we can go there. <laughs>
0: well, what I will tell you is that's the end of the world. Right. right? Your money doesn't matter anymore. hmm Right? If, if that circumstance occurs, who cares about your investments? Who cares yeah. about the S&P 500? Right. Right? Who cares about your Tesla? Right? Like all that stuff disappears. <laughs> I love And that you're so into much. just trying to like literally survive. And right. it's like, well, how do I go underground and stay there for a year or two until I have a breathable atmosphere again? You know,
1: in that circumstance, your cell phone's probably not gonna work. No. Nope. And so I would highly suggest having some walkie talkies and some batteries because then you can still communicate from a distance.
0: Yeah or ham radio, that kind of stuff. Yep, that type of thing. That's where you are going with it. And uh, by the way, when we get into things like having guns, ammunition, fishing gear, and so forth, that's all survival gear for uh, the type two scenario. Type one is temporary, Mm -hmm. type two is cut off for extended period of time. Type three is end of the world cataclysm. Yeah. Yeah. And so end of the world stuff, I think all bets are off. And there will be a few billionaires that survive in bunkers, and then when they come out, they're going to be very lonely.
1: Yep. So something to think about. You know, you start talking about the the guns and ammunition thing, right? Right. A gun is great, but if you don't have the ammunition, that gun isn't going to do you much good.
0: Well, that's been my joke for years that, you know, what you you, want in the end of the world is not cash or gold, but you want guns and whiskey, right? And, And the bullets that go with it, right? You want... That's the tradable stuff.
1: Oh yeah, and so I—it was funny on the way here to the show. I was like, I wonder what states are the most prepared, you know, with firearms and, and ammunition.
0: Did, did you look this stat up? I did. Oh, are you, you totally, ready? I'm going to totally make you hold it. No, you know I want oh, to do no, it right to, now, right no, now. No, you have to hold it because we'll take the break, and now everybody's listening. What going, state like, is I most prepared? Know. Who's prepared for the end of the world? <laughs> All right. Oh, you know, Douglas County, if it was its own state, you guys make me proud. All Heck right, yeah. stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. You got True Wealth. i News Radio, 93.9 FM at 1240. Gay All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show, where we have not one, but two things that we left a cliffhanger on, right? I forgot one, and then Matt's itching to share one. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about into the world, right? Well, right. we're not just talking about that. We're talking about emergency preparedness and – Uh, Part of financial preparedness, but this one's mechanical and physical preparedness, right? Right. So if you're wondering, like, why on the True Wealth Show? Look, we're dealing with it, and this is one of those things that you should be aware of, is that you do need to have some emergency funds set aside. But the more protracted the emergency, the less valuable cash becomes, and the more you want to have tradable stuff. Now, some might argue that gold becomes more useful for trade.
1: Right. Well, and it was funny. I was reading on this, and they're like, make sure you don't have all of your precious metals that you plan on trading in one big gold block because that's going to be- Right, like, do you are wanna, more useful than bricks. They are, because if you have a brick, are you really going to want to give that up for your loaf of bread?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a and heck of a loaf of bread, right? The
1: coins are probably going to be a better yeah. bet.
0: So here's the thing I wanted to share. Before, uh, it, it came down to emergency situations where there was a lack of available water. Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we mentioned was bleach. Right, something. but we didn't tie that together, did we? We didn't. I forgot to do this. This is on me. But here's this is from the EPA's website. Bleach is useful as a water sterilizer.
1: And I did not know okay. that prior and to the so, show.
0: And, and if you go to their website, you can actually see what it is. But, but for, it's not very much. Right. It doesn't take so much. So for a gallon of water, it takes between six and eight drops of bleach, like from an eyedropper. Um, And it has to do with how strong the bleach. Six percent bleach, eight drops. Eight and a quarter percent bleach, six drops to a gallon. And then you shake it up and give it 30 minutes, right? And what they say is if it's really cold or if it's visibly dirty, you can up to double the number of drops to, to sterilize it. Will you taste some bleach? Yes. Right, like you've tasted water that's but it's better than getting
1: like some waterborne it, it kills pathogen the stuff off. Yeah,
0: and and there's also there's tons of videos about like how do you sterilize water? And one people don't necessarily think about this, but you could literally like pour it through a sock to get a lot of the like the big and, like, impurities the mud out. Right, yeah. so you're getting the 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 particulates out. It doesn't sterilize it, but it gets the, the grit out.
1: Charcoal you can Charcoal's
0: use. Charcoal's a really good way. I was gonna say if you were to like burn something, create charcoal, crunch it, crush it up and then put it in a in a sock and pour mm-hmm. water through it. It's a that's great gonna way work to strip really, it out. Yeah. That's actually a legitimate water filtration system. And then to uh add um that that little bit of bleach to it, you do need to let it sit for the bleach to work. But that's a very good way to sterilize and create drinking water, and it also means that you've got that bleach around as a, a sterilizing agent if you needed to wipe other stuff down. Right. So it's it's useful in that respect. So it's good uh, for emergency preparedness. Oh, yeah. okay. Now, what was the other cliffhanger? Preparedness. <laughs> All right, Matt. We were right talking on. about guns,
1: right? Yeah, and we well, said.
0: Yeah, we're talking about tr- trading and guns and whiskey and bullets yeah. and like that's useful in the end we of the world. We talked about scenario. how you better
1: have enough ammunition for the guns because yeah. a gun without ammo is just a stick. Right.
0: And then that <laughs> goes, "Hey, what states are the most prepared?" And uh, I failed to ask him, "Define prepared." So this
1: is guns per capita. So looking at So that means per, prepared per, is
0: if you have guns, Matt's definition is you're prepared. How many if you have guns. guns? Yeah, we need <laughs> okay. volume
1: of guns, David. And so I was curious, and I was driving to the radio show. I'm like, I got to know which states have the most guns per person. And it, it's weird. Take a guess. First one on the list: New Mexico. I didn't see that coming. They have the okay, most I guns. Didn't see that coming? Yeah. So fifty. 55- I would have been like
0: Alaska. I would have That's, thought Alaska. Yeah, I would you know, have thought that big, too. Big country, and you know, alone, and
1: so n- New Mexico is reporting that they have fifty-five thousand guns. Per hundred thousand people, that's well almost
0: uh, almost fifty percent of the population has yeah, guns. Yeah,
1: over over fifty percent,
0: Yeah, more than fifty percent. Right, I, if if that is a direct because it could right. be one person has fifty guns and some you know yeah exactly, but it don't. averages
1: out to every other person has yeah. a gun.
0: Well, um, that, or there's just arms dealers in New Mexico and the rest of the population's unarmed. <laughs> let,
1: so you know what? Here's my New Year's resolution for everyone living in New Mexico: Let's up it, right? Because. <laughs> I'd love to see it go to a one-to-one ratio. So people in New Mexico, if you're like listening.
0: Matt doesn't even hide from it anymore. He's going to drag me through this at some point. I've always tried to be sort of more neutral here, and he's like, not me. I'm sort totally of yeah. straight up laying it out there. let proud get more guns. <laughs> for as All proud
1: right. as I am of you, New Mexico, there is so much room for improvement. Let's get that to a one-to-one ratio, and let's dog on the worst state in the U.S., and I'm surprised by this one. You actually kind of guessed it. Um, New York. only well,
0: super restrictive gun laws. Yeah. Right? And then I turn around and ask you specifically about Illinois. But I'm like, Illinois so many. Yeah. And, I, and what are they?
1: Yeah, they're in the top ten. They're number nine.
0: Number nine. So, uh, oh, so they have a lot of guns.
1: No, no, no. Number nine for the worst.
0: They have the least. Y- yeah, yeah. So, so they're number 49 then. If New York's 41 like, They're 41. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they have. I was just drawing the correlation between, you know, Illinois, when you consider Chicago as a city really high gun rate, right. gun violence, right, and high murder rate, and so forth, and so you well, look yeah. at gun fatalities in, in Illinois as a state, and you think, oh my gosh, and then you go, yeah, but they have some of the f- the lowest gu- gun density. Well, it makes
1: sense, they're one of the worst states, and the margins are p- pretty close yeah. here, right? I'm
0: just telling you, it's all about, it's, it's not the gun, it's the person using the gun that mm-hmm. kills people.
1: Yep, uh, New York was the worst, though. For every 100,000 people, only 4,500 people have a gun.
0: Yeah, how many of those are law enforcement, I wonder?
1: Yeah, wow. I didn't even think about that. So uh, it's it's looking know. pretty bleak in New York.
0: Is Oregon in the top 10?
1: Uh, they are neither in the bottom 10 nor the top 10. We're kind of in the middle. We're
0: squarely in, in the ambiguous zone. Got we it. are,
1: yep. So, um, but that's kind of an interesting interesting stat. Yeah. So if stuff hits the fan, I'd love to be in New Mexico. Mild, would you? <laughs> yeah, mild weather and that, lots of guns and, like, and well, ammunition. We're, we're
0: in New Mexico. Just don't make anybody mad. <laughs> Everybody's really polite, sir, <laughs> ma'am. Good to see you. Yep. Don't and, mind me. Just minding my own business.
1: Um, But, you know, have a fishing pole and some fishing gear because you can get a lot of food that way, too. Yes, there you go. Well, yeah. Assuming if that you know there, how to fish.
0: <laughs> yeah, and assuming there's fish, right? Good luck right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the rivers are so blown out. Good luck.
0: All right. Well, look. So, so there you have it. Uh, list of things to be prepared for. Uh, going from most uh, common short-term disruptions to more significant And long-term. if they want the
1: list, we'll get it to you. Yeah, email us. Yeah, if you want
0: the list, uh, send us an email at info at littlejohnfs.com, and we'll get you that one. Uh, but as you can tell by the music, it is time for us to start rocking and rolling here. Matt, how do they reach us if they need financial help?
1: Uh, give us a phone call, 541-375-0898, or go to our website, info, or littlejohnfs.com.
0: All right. Well, we're out of time for now. So until next time, I'm Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you've been listening to True Wealth. Thanks for tuning in on News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Littlejohn Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.